Hello and welcome to the Leading the Line podcast. It is the last podcast of the season. So it is award seasons, baby. And we are handing out some imaginary trophies to the great and the good of Scottish women's football. And joining me as always to do this is my good friend and man shaking his head at me as I go full full starstruck is uh, Campbell Finnis. And Campbell, how are you doing? Frustrated because you keep talking nonsense in your intro, so <laughs> at least make them funny. But I am good. Good stuff, good stuff. Yeah, we are going to do a little bit of a... A lot of awards. Since there isn't any Scottish Football Writers Awards, we thought, do you know what, we'll have them um, leading the line podcast awards instead. So we are going to look at six of the big awards that have been uh, announced for the SWF Awards that are happening, I think, the 23rd of July, if I remember rightly, the, the awards are getting streamed on uh, on YouTube. Uh, and we've also made up some awards of our own because, you know what, we could. So we decided we were going to. So without much further ado, let's start Let's start with, well, I'll tell you what, let's cover up a couple of, kind of two awards that we can't debate because of factual, which is uh, Lizzie Arnott being voted, uh, not voted, Lizzie Arnott being SWPL1 top goal scorer and Bailey Hutchison being SWPL2 top goal scorer. Um, Bailey Hutchison in particular, in particular, Campbell, 21 goals in 18 games. That's She's scored 14 goals out of 18, 14 games out of 18, two hat-tricks, three sets of doubles, incredible scoring record for somebody who's just turned 17. Yeah, very much so. I mean, Aberdeen obviously had a, a side there that was scoring goals for fun last season and they were they did spread them around pretty well, but obviously Bill Hutchison um clearly on top then to say the numbers the numbers speak for themselves, especially over what was a very disjointed season to then be scoring these goals despite all the breaks and very different goals as well she was scoring. Um it's obviously been out on top and deserves the the award there for having scored more goals than anyone else, obviously. So <laughs> I don't know where I was going with that. But yeah, no, fair play to Aaron. Just like her team, she's come out on top. Uh, you slagged my partner and then you hit with that. I don't know, man. I don't know. That wasn't a partner, that was just <laughs> losing the plot. <laughs> uh, yeah, so yeah, and obviously Lizzie Arnott, top goals got Rangers. Didn't, didn't go well for our team in terms of getting to those Champions League spots or titles, but... Yeah, most schools in the league. It's a, it's a nice honour for everybody to, to have if you're if you're an attacker. But let's move on to some stuff we can actually debate now. And let's start. We'll, we'll build it up, Campbell. We'll build it up. So we'll do the awards and then we'll do our ones, which are the big ones at the end. But let's start with Youth Player of the Year. Um, so there are four official nominees, which are Ailey Adams from Hibs, uh, Tegan Browning from Birmingham Thistle, London Pollard from Celtic, and Eva Thompson from Aberdeen. Before we make our picks, uh, is there anything you want to pitch as a, a worthy nomination that hasn't made the cut? Um, the name I've got Chloe Warrington actually at Celtic noted down who and what was again a team that was pretty experienced Celtic did use a lot of youth this season and obviously were certainly given given opportunities to plenty of young players but Chloe was one that came in and kind of slotted into that fullback position mainly um, very very well and never really seemed out of place for again some bigger players and some more experienced players so very well done to her okay, again um, and it's one that I think could have been mentioned but obviously the other four you can, you can see why they're there and it's it's tough to, to narrow these things down, but I think Chloe would have been um, a worthy nominee if, if she'd been there, if been nominated herself. Yeah, I think I think that's a fair shot. I mean, I had I had for additional consideration. I had, and I don't. I, the one thing I don't think I understand, and I don't think either of us do, is what the exact cutoff is for the youth player of the year award. Because obviously, SWPL is a bit of a younger league, but I don't know if the age is the same. I, I didn't see it kind of spelled out anywhere, so. Uh, hopefully that gets clarified. But um, I had uh, Priscilla Shinshi and Eva Colville uh, down from Glasgow City. I know that usually this or this tends to go towards Scottish talent. I think Chloe Warrington's a very good shout, actually. I was trying to think of a Celtic player that I, I wanted to kind of put in that mix because they, they, they had brought in a lot of young players this season. Tegan Bowie kind of 
popped into my head, but maybe didn't feature enough to, to warrant consideration for me. But yeah, I think Chloe Lawrence is a good shout. And then I thought Priscilla and she, uh, she, I find it weird she wasn't up for any of the awards because I, as I said before, she lights up a lights up a, a football pitch when she kind of starts running with the ball. So yeah, definitely hard. I thought Eva Kova would be one of the most improved uh, players from the start of the season as well. But if we are picking from the list of four, what, who is your pick from the list of four? Um, I've, I've went with Ailey Adams simply for the fact that Hibs are a team that I've, I've had to kind of work with, with a very small squad this season and I've never, still never really replaced Abby Harrison. don't know how many times I've said that on this, but um, Ailey Adams is obviously again a young player there that's kind of had to had to step up and has done so well. Maybe Hibs have not scored as many goals as they would like, but she's certainly been a player that has got herself um, in about the goal scoring there and I think I've just put it ahead of the others just, I mean, you you would go Weaver Thompson, so I had to be a wee bit different. Um, but I've seen more of Hibs than I've seen of Aberdeen. So that was just kind of going through that. So it was, she was my pick there um, of the four. Yeah, I mean, part of me goes that this should be split into an SWPL and SWPL2 award as well because it's two different levels and you're trying to judge players against that. Ailey Adams, I think, I, I have no issue with Ailey Adams kind of picking it up. I mean, I don't think I've any issue with any of these players picking up, to be honest with you. I think Ailey Adams is obviously led the line to um, quote a, a well-known Scottish women's football podcast um, throughout the season and to do that as a 16-year-old for, for Hibs is, uh, is no task and there was times where you were watching her and you were just like oh just somebody give her a, give her a wee rest uh, which she just did get towards the end of the season uh, but yeah I went, I went for Eva Thompson and I like you I didn't I, I saw enough of Aberdeen I, I managed to see him a few times IRL and I managed to catch some of the highlights when, when people had cameras there and I, I was always impressed by Eva Thompson. Obviously, Aberdeen have got a lot of young players and there could have been a number that could have been included amongst this. But she's she's maybe like a, a, a wee generation below, not massive generation, but a couple of years below some of the, the players in that squad. And I was always really impressed with her composure on the ball uh, in terms of how she, despite her kind of fair, still very slight frame, she could control the ball in midfield. So, yeah, I, I plump for Eva Thompson in the realm of that she's an SWPL2 player. I, I think if you're probably talking best youth player of the year I think Gilly Adams will probably win it that's my prediction though London Pollard I think has been a bit streaky which happens with young players but um, I think she was coming on to the game towards the back end but I think there was a big chunk in the middle where maybe she wasn't wasn't quite hitting the heights she promised to hit at the start of the season so yeah I would say who's going to win it I think probably Gilly Adams do you think that'll be the case? I don't know to be quite honest with you there's, there's four that are obviously very worthy nominees and all stand out for their own right I mean I've picked Taylor Adams and I'm not usually right, so no, she will not win it. But um, no, she's got a very good chance of doing it and we'll see how the four of them go. And it's, it's, Again, it obviously comes down to the vote, which isn't always um, isn't always what people maybe would think would come out on top, but you know, I think it could happen. And if it is Ailey Adams, I, I would not be, be surprised. So yeah, potentially. And uh, good to see a Birmingham official player in their biggest women's football club, independent women's football club in Scotland and they have been obviously churning out players for a long time. Addie Hanley's made a step up to Hibs and I think Tegan Browning and Rogan Anderson will be two of the next ones for them as well. But let's move from Youth Player of the Year to SWPL Coach of the Year. So the four nominations are Fran Alonso at Celtic, Scott Booth at Glasgow City, Brian Grave at Partick Thistle and Emma Hunter at Aberdeen. Um, I think there's probably, I think there's massive exceptions, but obviously the notable exception is that Gary Doctor from Hamilton Ackes isn't in there given that they managed to get promotion and part of Thistle didn't. But for me, Campbell, this one's a, a shout-out between Scott Booth and Emma Hunter as to who gets the award. Who have, who have you gone for? Yeah, I've put Emma Hunter here as well. I think just the fact that Aberdeen obviously haven't, haven't been relegated themselves to then come, come up into SWPL2 and then 
again right from the start of the league. Um, as a promoted team to be up the top from from pretty much day one and to stick up there was certainly very well done from Aberdeen and they were always ahead and they always whenever they the two defeats they had they bounced back with heavy wins straight after them as well and Aberdeen were just relentless for the season and deservedly stayed there. Um, Scott Booth obviously would have been again another worthy nominee as a worthy nominee sorry but. I think with the resources you've got at City, regardless of the improvements at Rangers and Celtic, you, you have to look at it and go, we should be winning the league here. So, And they have done for most of these years. So that's what put um, Emma Hunter ahead of them there for me. And of course, the other two have done very well um, as well. But it's I think a lot of the time with these awards, it does come down to who's actually won something. And Emma Hunter should pip it for me. Yeah, I, I, uh, I started, I think when we started talking about doing this as a podcast, my initial thought was I was going to say Scott Booth because of that turnaround in December where after that Rangers game they got defeated 5-0 they had I think 13 players listed in the team that day it looked like that was the, the end and then to regenerate that team and then to go on that run that really at the end although they won it on the final day that final day victory was pretty pretty comfortable uh, and the way that they got the results that mattered in the big games um, I thought you know what Scott was doing where they won but the more I thought about it the more I thought about Emma Hunter taking that team up from a, another level, as you mentioned, at the level below, a, a young team with a couple of experienced feds and to absolutely blitz SWPL2 the way they did. I think people were curious to see what would happen after the break, whether that was just like and the, the familiarity thing and whether maybe actually once you get to see them again, it's it's not as, not as difficult. But the, the fact they were consistent through that through the whole season, yeah, I I have pitched for Emma Hunter as well. So that's, that's what I've gone for on that one. Cool. All right, let's. What do you want to do next? Do you want to do players or do you want to do saves and goals? Uh, go players. Players. All right, so let's do SWPL 2 Player of the Year. And uh, the four nominees as it stands are well, these are the four nominees, it's not as it stands. What we say here doesn't change it. Well, the four nominees are Claire Dockery from Bart Abyssal, uh, Josephine Giard from Hampton Ackies, Bailey Hutchison from Aberdeen, and Robin Smith from Dundee United. First of all, Campbell, did you have any? Notable men- honorary mentions, that's what I was trying to say earlier on. Honorary mentions that you want to, to make a shout out for? Um, I mean, you could probably have had anyone from the Aberdeen team in there, certainly, but Claire Dockery's one we've all kind of picked out throughout the season as, as being a player that's been really important to um, to Fatik this. So, and then the other two that are there obviously have scored these goals that have really been crucial again. So, I mean, there's others that have done well, but I think those four were probably the, the, the best four, if you want to call them that. And, I know. I don't leave any complaints with these four nominees. No, I don't have any complaints either. I would have, if there was more nominees than four, I would have chucked in Francesca Ogilvy. Um, and I know that we'd get a turn off if we didn't mention Jade McLaren, who's had a very good season for Dundee United. Um, so, yeah, I think I definitely would have um, put those two into the mix. But I think the, the four that are there, I think they're all there for reasons. But, like, Obviously, they're there for reasons. That sounds weird. But they're all there for good reason uh, in terms of their, their opportunity for selection. So, of that four, Campbell, who are you going for? Um, I've went with Josie Giard just simply because having come in, her scoring record has been quite ridiculous. Really. You get the 12 and 11. We've picked out there Bailey Hutchison, obviously, earlier on for the amount of goals she scored for Aberdeen. But um, it's, it's equally as impressive from Josie Giard there. And an Aki's team that... As we didn't really hit the heights that they're capable of in the first half of the season. So when when she kind of came in, there was God, there was other players there, of course, that improved that Hamilton squad and kind of gave them a bit more depth. But you no, know, Josie came in, scored obviously so many goals and was crucial as well on the final day to, to secure that um, promotion place. So I've went with for Josie for that one. 
I it seems mad that neither of us are going to pick a striker that scored more than a goal a game in the league in SW2 this season. However, I've been a bit of a mark for Claire Doherty for a wee while now, and I thought this season has been our best our best season um, in terms of performance. I think that part of the whole team without her in it wouldn't be in the position that they, they were in. She's obviously added goals. Her partnership, I think there was a game against Southern University, and her partnership with Sophie Gallagher was some of the best forward play I've seen. Um, she's just, she's pretty much everywhere in that, that front third for, for Partick Thistle. And uh, yeah, I think if she wasn't about, it'd be, it'd be interesting to see how they would have plugged that gap in that, that top end of the pitch. I think Josie's years are a good shout, but I think she'll come into one of the categories that we've made up for all of our own a little bit later on. And also Robin Smith scored 12 goals for Dundee United. And I mean, for Dundee United, it's a case of, you know, if Robin Smith and Danny McGinley were both but for the entire season, it would have been interesting to see what impact that would make. They've obviously had previous in terms of getting hearts up and Danny scored goals when she was fit as well. So, yeah, so Josephine Giard and that, uh, yeah, Claire Doherty. I'm, I'm, I'm going to put my, in terms of who I think is the best player in the division this season, Claire Doherty, but I am willing to, to be told different. But yeah, that, that, that's one for me. Um, so let's move to SWPL1, Player of the Year. Uh, and again, four nominations. We've got... Uh, Leah Alexander from Glasgow City, uh, Leah Eddy from Hibernian, Lisa Roberts, you can tell I'm reading this out because I said Hibernian and not Hibs, <laughs> Leah Eddy from Hibs, uh, Lisa Robertson from Celtic and Janine Van Wyck from Glasgow City. Anybody missing for you from that list, Campbell? Um, Priscilla Chinchilla, to be honest with you, I think was one that was, was certainly up there for City. Um, I think Brogan Hay potentially would have been a worthy nomination as well, but Rangers probably in position was potentially why she wasn't there. But... Um, I'm questioning one or two of the decisions maybe but that's obviously not up to me as, as to who who should be the four but yeah there's a couple that maybe are a wee bit surprised or not there Yeah I mean uh, the, the other one I had I did think about Brogan Hay uh, and the other one I thought about was uh, Brianna Vestrup whose season obviously ended up with a Scotland call-up uh, as well along with Lee Eddie who's obviously made the, the awards list and uh, she was she was the only other one and I think you're right Passage and she I just don't know where she fitted in like, I don't know if she was like a young player of the year or she was a player of the year, but she felt like she should have been in somewhere uh, for sure in that respect. But the four we have got are Lee Alexander, who um, obviously played the big games and had big moments, which is what uh, when we've been kind of asking the kind of like people's thoughts on these big moments have come up a lot. Uh, Lee Eddie, I think, has had a, a really good season. I've been really impressed with it. I've seen her IRL um, kind of playing, playing football. <laughs> and, uh, and then Lisa Robertson's probably... The most been the most consistent midfielder, at least seven out of ten, scored a couple of world days, and then Janine Van Wyck, who's obviously um, now departed Glasgow City to go, go back to South Africa to kind of look after her, her football team back back home, um, has been a, a very important part of Glasgow City. Machine, who did you pick as player of the season? Player of the year, picked, sorry. It's the same thing. I've yeah. picked um I've picked Janine Van Wyck actually there. I think she was was one that we picked out from the minute she actually made her city debut as being someone that that experience was going to help them defensively because for the last few years we've seen them by playing a lot of back shift back makeshift back fours. Um whereas she came in and experienced straight away kind of just shone through and the partnership she struck up with at first Anna Asgham's daughter and then um, Jenna Clark was very was um was very solid and obviously it helped City in that second half of the season where they weren't really conceding goals at all either. And, that's also what propelled them towards the title in the end. So she was certainly the standout player there and showed up what had been at some point a suspect city back line. So uh, Janine was a fairly obvious choice um, for myself there. And that is a choice seconded by myself. I thought Janine, um, 
you need, as you, I think you've actually laid out a lot. I don't really say much else. I think you're spot in a partnership with Arna Asgrim's daughter, laid the foundation for that, that second half of the season for Glasgow City. And then when Arna went back to Iceland, Jenna Clark came in. And I think for Jenna, having somebody like Janine Van White beside her only helped her game as well, even when she went in goal um, during the season as well. But uh, yeah, for me, I think Janine Van White is, was a player. I I don't have any issue with any of the kind of four nominees. They've all got different merits and different different. But I, I know that Lisa Robertson will get a, I think I should rightly get a lot of praise. I think when she came up from Durham City, it's Durham City or Durham. Um, when she came up from Durham, um, it was a, a, a bit of a coup for Celtic. And I think it's proven that way. And I think um, her Scotland call-up was definitely well, well, well earned this season. Yeah, I mean, it was a very impressive place for Celtic there. I think though when they were on form, their whole midfield was impressed with, obviously. We've talked at different points this season about Lisa Robertson, um, Sarah Teagard and Anna Philby have all, have all been obviously standouts in certain games and Lisa was one that was certainly very consistent for Celtic and did very well to help them get into the, Euro- the European places. So absolutely no complaints with her being picked at all. Would have been one that I would have picked for kind of my choice if it wasn't for Janine being kind of so solid at the back for City. Yeah, uh, so yeah, we've got Virginia Van Wyk there as well. So there you go, that's, that's all the players dealt with. Now we've got goals and saves, which, um, shall we start, let's start with saves. So I've just noticed in the SWF website, we don't have who the saves were against, but they are in the video. So there is, business for these, and you, the good listening public can also vote for these uh, on the SWF website. So uh, I know they've been putting out links to do so, so by all means go and do it. Uh, save the season, we've got Lee Alexander for Glasgow City, um, Lauren Grant for Hamilton Ackes against Aberdeen, Rach Harrison for Spartans against Hibs, I want to say. Chloe Logan for Celtic against Rangers? One against Rangers, one against Hibs. Thank you. And Charlotte Parker-Smith for one against Glasgow City. Is there any saves that you think were missing from that list? Yes, the best save of the season is not on the list. I want to complain. Go for it then. Um, <laughs> no, uh, I've picked Chloe Logan against Hibs simply because it was very similar to the one that I would actually have picked myself was um, Lord McGregor against Dundee United. It was obviously... Just a month ago now, so maybe, maybe I kind of missed the cut-off given some of the goals that have made it in. But um, the shot from Hayley Cairn that from every angle of the regional performance in the year like that's going in, it was it was destined for the top corner. There was nothing that could be done to stop it. And then out of nowhere, kind of Lauren McGregor appeared, got a finger t- t- tipped against the post. The ball's then bounced straight across the line and out. And it was one of these saves, you're like, how on earth has she kept that out? It was, it was a fantastic stop and it was the best for me, but... I'm not picking clearly, so yeah, I'm in the half. But it was Lauren McGregor's save for me was the best one, but it's not there, so had to make do with the, the other fantastic saves. Uh, yeah, I the one I had missing, and I did spend quite. I, I, I felt like there was another Charlotte Parker Smith save out there, but I just couldn't find it in the time we were from when we decided we were going to do this to when we started recording. Um, so I voted for Charlotte Parker Smith in in the vote, but I also thought that Jenna Fife's save against Celtic from Mariah Lee which did eventually lead to goal for Celtic from the resulting corner, but the actual save to get down as low as she did. And if we talk about goalkeeping in general, the, the Rangers-Celtic game, which finished 1-0 to Celtic at uh, the Rangers training centre, Jenna Fife and Chloe Logan, probably the best combined goalkeeping display that we'd seen in SWPL this season. But yeah, uh, that's what, what I, I would have gone for. But yeah, I've gone for Charlotte Parker-Smith for our save against Glasgow City, which I think was a pretty good one. Um, goal of the season so goal of the season we have I think I'm going to get all these Amy Bullock for part of the sort against Stirling University Lauren Davidson for Glasgow City against Motherwell MT Garden for Hamilton against 
Mm, can't quite remember. It was Sterling Uni, but I was I was watching this this afternoon. Was that not a game in the season that wasn't or something? And I was uh, making that. Up? Yeah, I, I, Sterling Uni was in my head, but I, I didn't think it could have been Sterling mm. Uni. Um, Kirsty Howitt for Rangers against Motherwell, Kathy McGovern for Hamilton against Aberdeen, Kaelin Meeky for Glasgow City against Harps, Zoe Ness for Rangers against Glasgow City, Kate Nuxigan for Celtic against Hibs. Want to say maybe? Can't quite remember. Uh, Donna Patterson for Far for Farmington, she went on a spell of scoring hunters of them, and Sarah Teagarden for Celtic against, oh, that was a bell against Far for Farmington. Um, that's obviously a lot listed there. Did you have any missing? Um, did you mention Kathleen McGovern there? Was that on the list against Aberdeen? I well, Kathleen, sure it was. Yeah, it is on the list. You did mention it? No. Yeah. I don't think it was um, on the video, though, when I'm thinking about it. I did watch the video. I, I watched it. I was sure it was, and I didn't think you said it. <laughs> Confusion. But anyway, um, I mean, there's only one winner here, and people argue. We've, we've had some arguments from a certain Mr. Watson that it wasn't a big enough game for it to count, which is utter nonsense. <laughs> Amy Bullock's goal against Sterling Unite was just the one any was to describe it. Um, a lot of the time, especially in SWPL2, we've got these picks of yours, especially when it's an SWPL2 goal where the ball just kind of floats over a shorter goalkeeper into the net. This one was not one that just came out and just caught it beautifully on the volley and also kind of clipped the bar as well. That's when it was just a fantastic goal. And these other goals were good, of course they were, but there is absolutely no doubt in my mind that Amy Bullock is going to win this. Like, there's there's no argument against it. And, I mean, we'll, we can all make case of these other goals, which were very good. Yes, they were. Some of them were fantastic strikes, but that one was just just sensational. So it, it should be that goal. And I'm sure you'll agree with this one, Chris. Well. You earlier on said you were agreeing with me, so don't you change <laughs> your, your, your things now. <laughs> no, I do. I do. I totally agree with that. Amy Bullock goal. Um, as, as people listen know, I, I work on a television show and if the surrounds were a little bit better, I would have probably made it into the titles for that television show. Just circumstances weren't a lot. Uh, I did have a couple of additions, which is Brianna Veshop's Volley Against Hibs uh, down at Pennacook Park, um, which got a lot of, a lot of traction. Uh, Bailey Hutchinson's goal against Glasgow Women, not one tons of people would have seen, but it was, a, I think, a, a slightly better version of the Kirsty Howitt goal against Motherwell in terms of a counter-attack. Um, and then Janine Van Rijk's record against Hearts at the Falkirk Stadium. But Campbell, you're absolutely right. Amy Bullock, uh, Patrick Thistle, should win this. And if this, Amy Bullock doesn't win it because some football club has decided to hijack it because they've decided, oh, well, look, one of our female players is not for an award. Why don't we all just flood the votes? You're wrong. It's Amy Bullock. Vote for her. Thank you. Right, cool. That's all the awards then. <laughs> so um, let's move on to some of the awards that we've, we've coined ourselves. Newly minted for this particular podcast. Um, Campbell, start with which, how many awards have you got? Actually, I've got one, two, three, I've got five. You only gave me two the other day and then you've rhymed off about another four <laughs> yourself. So, I mean, I've got two written down, but hit me the others now. I'll see what I can come up with. Okay, so first one, MVP for their side. So we've done player of the year, but who is the MVP for their side? Who, who is a player that, if it wasn't for them, they wouldn't have achieved what they've done? There's been a few that we've mentioned. I mean, I picked Josh's year earlier on, so I kind of can't again. Um, Donna Patterson at Forfa was one that I did consider, but they kind of fell away a wee bit. But I've gone with Robin Smith at Dundee United because, obviously, I mean, she's done very well with, with the goal she scored this season. And Danny McGinley and her have had that good partnership, but for large parts of the season, Danny McGinley was obviously out. And United kind of conceded probably more than they would have would have hoped for. And their goal difference in the end was that wee bit poorer than the sides above them. But... 
But um, Robin Smith certainly was one that was always there scoring plenty of goals for United and was just in general a nuisance in attack and had to, had to be, as I say, when you're at times leading the line yourself there or you're one of the more experienced players. She did very well and I've put her as my MVP. I'm sure we'll have plenty of arguments against it, but uh, Robin Smith, I think, certainly would be would worthy of that award. Yep, um, for me, I, uh, I, I consider Bailey Hutchison. However, that Aberdeen team had so many players scoring goals that I think... She just happened to be the one. No, that's that's a bit that's a bit harsh. She just happened to be the one at the end of them. She still obviously put them away. But um, I think Aberdeen still would have done very well in the league if, if Bailey was replaced with another striker, for example. Um, I have gone for Josie Giard because she changed the game for Hamilton Ackies. I think they had they had decent strikers. They obviously have MT Garner a bit wide for, but then they obviously lost Dion Brown, who finished the last season, the last completed season as joint top goal scorer, who's and we have another baby. Hope that goes very well for you, Dion. Um, and I know you were enjoying yourself on Sunday. Um, and then obviously um, Lauren Evans as well, who's kind of been in a team. But I think Josephine Giard and her partnership with Kathleen McGovern, obviously, who came in from one from Celtic, um, that really just helped Hamilton push on. But the fact that Josephine's signed on permanently, twelve goals in eleven games, twelve goals in eleven games, it's a more than a goal a game return. I think. Do you know what? Take her out that side in a couple of the key moments where she's kind of put the chances away. Would other team strikers in SWP have done it? I'm not entirely sure. So yeah, I've gone for I've gone for Josephine Giard in, in that respect. Cool. Uh, I'll tell you what, we'll, we'll mix up things. I know the two that you have, and let's go for scenes of the year. If you if anybody listens to podcast, remember we went through a bit of a spell of just saying scenes all the time. So I thought let's bring it back. We've had another half of the season. Um, now for me the qualifiers on this Campbell were it had to be last minute so injury time and beyond or 89th minute and the game finished at 90 uh, and it had to be a winner they were my, my criteria for this for being scenes of the year so a couple kind of kind of picked out but for me the winner was Paige McAllister for Hearts against Hibs in the Edinburgh Derby just before, just before Christmas Hearts at that point hadn't won a game yet a season and uh, they'd come off a couple of pretty Pretty heavy defeats, um, and then obviously to get that last minute goal, and then to see the celebrations on it. I think for me that that was the the pick of many scenes. Uh, what about what about you, Campbell? What was your your pick for scenes of the year? An award and criteria that I've been told within the last god knows so many minutes. I mean, <laughs> doesn't help me, but I'm gonna go right back to the start and where the, the scenes kind of originated from in St Johnston. Um, when they scored late on, I think it was Rebecca McGowan scored in kind the of last minute to beat uh, Stirling Uni, and then. Everything just kind of erupted. And I think it was Rachel Torr, I can't remember, who came right over the top and I think someone ended up with a burst nose and what have you. The scenes there were just, were just great from St Johnston, obviously. That's what kicked it all off. And they were a team that themselves had kind of, they'd be pleased with the season, maybe a bit disappointed with how it ended there. But um, it was a game there that kind of showed that togetherness at St Johnston and the scenes were just fantastic. So you kind of beat them and you kind of beat the best, can you? So back to the start, we went and St Johnston take that award. Nice. Yes, St. Johnson take that award and then obviously pick themselves hearts. I think also notable mention for Glasgow women against Hamilton Ackies, Taylor Hamill's 39-yard free kick. Uh, let's watch some good scenes. Uh, Kelly, I know, had a couple, of, a couple of scene spells as well. And the other one I was going to mention is gone. Oh, yeah, and Bailey Hutchison. Um, Aberdeen when they defeated Hamilton Ackies, one out New Douglas Park, the 89th-minute winner. Um, wasn't, wasn't effervescence in the scenes. But it was a very significant moment in the scene, uh, in the season, in the scene, in the season. Yeah, in the season. The scenes in. The scenes in. The scenes in. There you go. No, name of the podcast, sorry. Right. Next award. Uh, media team of the year. Uh, this is where we'll make friends and enemies, I'm sure. But 
being a team of the year, who has been positivity, always positivity, who has been for you the standout media team of the year in SWPL? Patrick Thistle by a long shot, particularly in SWPL too, where a lot of the time you'd get no highlights or lineups or kind of updates, which I get at times it can be tough when people can't make games, but it's disappointing when you get absolutely nothing, whereas Thistle home and away every week, there was something. Um, and they had those highlights out ridiculously quick at full time in their games. And that, that was always good as well. I mean, you've got the likes of Glasgow City, who have obviously got a good team there, although Craig seems to be losing the plot to everything he reads out nowadays. But otherwise, City, City were up there, but this all for me were, well, heading above um, the rest, head and above everyone else um, in terms of in terms of the media output this season. And I think it's one of the one that, Especially when we're looking for stuff to help us kind of record these podcasts, that's still can be a team there that it kind of be disputed with just how good they were. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think Glasgow City are still very much the, the standard bearer. They have a, a big team and they've been producing it for so long. It's easy to kind of be casual about how much stuff they put in, how quickly they get it out. But I think, yeah, I think for me, it is looking at the, the teams that maybe need to do a little bit more. And part of this whole were one of many teams that need to do a bit, needed to do a little bit more. And they have well and truly stepped up. And it's not just about the fact that they have the highlights turned over quickly. It's the fact that they get the team lines out. They have a photographer there at the game. They have somebody providing live updates at the game and it's consistent every week. And I think that's, that's a big thing going forward. It's going to be consistency for this thing. So if you get consistent, it's going to be good. And it's not been a case of they've seen that part of this all doing well and started doing it. They they kind of grabbed onto this and, and have continued with it. So yeah, for me, Part of this will definitely, I think, obviously, shout out to Glasgow City. Aki's obviously get their, their highlights out just now as well. Um, and then kind of Rangers have a kind of highlights out, but they kind of behind a paywall. And there's a kind of paywall for Aki's as well sometimes. I'm not a big fan of highlights of paywalls. Full game, absolutely fine. Highlights. Come on, mate. Let's uh, let's get them out there. But um, let's, uh, let's move on from the media team of the year to... I, I've called this Wish You Weren't Injured As Much, which sounds a bit like longing. I don't mean it like that, but which player did you not see as much of this season that you wish you'd seen more of? And I, did I, say, I said something to you before we start recording. I can't remember who was in my head. Um, no, there's a couple. I know obviously the one that you're going to pick out in a minute, but it's certainly a good shout. Kirsty Howitt as well, that just was beginning to kind of get to her, into her kind of groove at Rangers, then obviously got that horrible injury at Celtic Park. And... And then went on to miss the rest of the season there. Um, Danny McGinley as well, I think, is one who would have certainly featured on the kind of top scorers list this season if she'd had, you know, didn't have these spares where she was out. But yeah, there was, I can't kind of, kind of think who else I mentioned and it's going to irritate me. She'll come back to me later, but those two at the minute are at the top of my head. So yeah, we'll go with those pair. Yeah, the, the one I've got there is Megan Bell, um, who kind of played 70 minutes against Motherwell and... I think she played the full game against Glasgow. She, maybe, she probably came off against Glasgow City in the two games just before Christmas. And um, yeah, I mean, against Motherwell, she was electric. And against Glasgow City, she was part of that that squad team that made such a difference to, to get that final victory. And yeah, it's just been unfortunate the injury she's picked up. She's obviously been out back in training by the looks of things. And yeah, I think she's a really exciting player. So I hope she's back to full fitness. But yeah, uh, hopefully more Mega Bell next season. Um, okay, next one I've got is uh, Best Dress Manager. So I have uh, three contenders for this. Uh, oh, no, I've got two. No, I've got three. Um, I've got Malky Thompson, who went from tracksuit to full full suit, uh, Brown Brogues and everything uh, for, for Rangers in the second half of the season. I've got Scott Booth, who is always dressed in black, irrespective of the weather. You can't see that man without a, a gilet on. And uh, Fan Alonso, who 
dug deep into his closet to bring out the Mammy Vice look and um, take the SWPL sort by some. Who, who, who's your best dress manager at SWPL this season? I mean, Fran probably was obviously one that jumps to mind just simply for that jacket. It was it was something else, wasn't it? But I think um, the fact that regardless of what he was wearing, he always was fully character and bounced around and he just kind of really grew into the whole Celtic football club kind of thing. And I, everything about Fran was just, just kind of... It was just great, really, wasn't it? I mean, there's there's not much more you can say about him. He was just a very well dressed man, a very polite man, and certainly one that was a very a very good breath of fresh air, breath a breath of fresh air to Esther VPL football in general. So, is he, is he your best dressed man? Is that what you're going for? My best best dressed manager, I should say. Well, I mean, the rest of them are seen to wear trackies, which is just huge. I mean, I get it; it's your club, but come on, give us something different. Yeah, I mean, I, I go for fan the 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 white jacket and red t shirt combo. I think it was his last day of the season he had on. Was um yeah, he he was just missing the palm trees behind them at K Park, and he would have been absolutely loving life. But yeah, uh, I've gone I've gone for uh, fan Alonso. I uh, I don't think I've got any more. That's one, two, three, four, five. Have you got any any awards you want to throw in, or any moments from the season that we haven't talked about? I'm sure there'll be something, but again, it's not one that, nothing at the minute that. Immediately jumped, so it was probably a bit disappointing, but um, no, I was pleased to say with the free hospitality on Sunday, although one bag of crisps each was was disappointing. Bobby just stepped that up at Hamilton, but otherwise, no, it's been it's been a good season, and we're looking forward to what's going to be a very quick turnaround for the next season starting now, obviously, in, in what 33 days' time. So, yeah, looking forward to the season coming back. 33 more recording, not this goes out, I can count, yeah, just. The season's coming very quickly. Just uh, let's just work with that. Uh, so quickly that I think actually time recording. I know that SWP are one size already in pre-season training, um, which is oh man, it's it's relentless at the moment. Uh, but yeah, uh, that that wraps up the the awards podcast. If you had any awards that you would give it out, uh, then give us a shout. I'm sure sure we'll hear some uh, from some people. But um, yeah, thank you much for listening this season. We are obviously going to take a wee break. How long that break will be will be dictated by the wonder of women's football. We're obviously still on the search for a national team manager at the moment, so we may do a podcast when that happens. We'll see see what happens. But, um, yeah, I am looking forward to a couple of weeks of um, not... I was going to say not speaking to Campbell, because that's not true. I'll still speak to Campbell. But, um, <laughs> no, oh, uh, <laughs> not, not having to, to cut a wee podcast together. But, yeah, thank you very much for listening this season. It's really appreciated. Um, and anybody else who's been putting out content this season, uh, give yourself a wee... Pat on the back. It's a team effort to get women's football going. So, yeah. But for now, Campbell, thank you very much for this season, my day. It's been two seasons, or this second season's felt like it's gone on for about four years. Um, thanks, thanks as always for your, your commitment and your support. Yeah, no problem. It's been a it's been a strange, disjointed season across two divisions and then have this last month of football from what we're watching on TV to what we're doing women's football has just been, it's been great. Um and it'll be good to get a few weeks off before we're then back at it yet again. So I uh, look forward to it, but cheers. Yeah, so thank you very much for listening. Stay safe, and we'll speak again next season. <laughs>